Welcome back to Time Out Radio on KDRT 95.7 FM in Davis, California. This is your host, Rohan Bakshi. Every play-by-play announcer develops their own style. And if you've seen a FIFA soccer game on TV, you've probably heard the announcer's passion for the game in their voice. The enthusiastic and prolonged goal that goes on for a few seconds whenever a player scores is a fun part of watching the beautiful game especially if you're watching Spanish or Portuguese-language commentators. Which is what this episode of Time Out Radio is all about. There's Andres Cantor, famous for his protracted goal call that was introduced to U.S. audiences during the three World Cups of the 90s. Argentine-American Cantor was the main voice of Telemundo in the 2022 Qatar World Cup. Fans liked seeing how long Cantor can hold his goal call. Cantor says that he called every game in the 1990, 1994, and 98 World Cup, which came to more than 50 games in a month, and took a toll on his voice. He says that to prepare, he took voice lessons with the same voice coach that singer Gloria Estefan used. He also has a few routines he follows before broadcasts. He starts by blowing through a straw to loosen up his vocal cords, drinks water, and has some honey to soothe his throat. Screaming goal has been around since at least 1940s, about a decade after the first soccer game was broadcasted live on Brazilian radio. Announcer Rebelo Jr. from Sao Paulo screamed goal till he was out of breath. Jose Carlos Araujo of Radio Transamerica is another person famous for his signature goal cry and says that there's a big dose of artistry involved. German broadcasters have their own version in which they scream Tor, which is German for goal. Being a play-by-play announcer is one of the most recognized jobs in sports broadcasting. The best play-by-play broadcasters have an authentic voice and style that you can pick up the moment you hear them on TV or radio. They're great at sharing their perspectives on situations, setting up the scene in the audience's mind, building interesting storylines, building in-game action, and holding a viewer's or listener's interest in the athletes and the outcome of the game. With all of these things they are doing at the same time, a play-by-play broadcaster needs to be great at multitasking. They need deep knowledge about the sport they're announcing. The rules, athletes, history, name pronunciations, coaches, rosters, and backstories. A human encyclopedia of the sport. Having a voice that is depth and power pushes you up a notch. And a speaking style that has inflection, pacing, cadence, clarity, and clear enunciation is a must. 
The sound of an announcer's voice determines if the audience likes them, finds them credible, and wants to keep listening to them. The announcer does not need to yell or be loud to convey their enthusiasm and power, but does this through pacing and inflection where they emphasize things, pause to create drama and suspense, and are not rushed. They have a voice that is smooth and enjoyable to listen to. They're great at simplifying what just happened in a game on the spot, and they have a knack for communicating, writing, and choosing the right words. They're fun to listen to and have creative ways to express in-game action. Signature unique catchphrases add to their ability to not just inform, but also to entertain. And most importantly, they are part of a team and work with sports analysts, color commentators, and sideline reporters with the goal of highlighting the game and engaging the audience. Our guest on today's episode is Will Wyman, who is a play-by-play broadcaster for UC Davis Soccer on ESPN+. Will grew up in Davis and tells us about his path to sports broadcasting and his advice to aspiring sports broadcasters. The country of Portugal has a long soccer history, has produced some of the world's most skilled footballers, and is our place of the week. Up next is Walking on Water by The Knox. Real love feels like walking on water I wanna tell you we'll be here forever Real love feels like walking on water Thank you. 
You're listening to Time Out Radio on 95.7 KDRT. Joining us now is Will Wyman, who is the play-by-play broadcaster for UC Davis Soccer on ESPN+. So, Will, welcome to Time Out Radio. First off, you've been a sports reporter for the Davis Enterprise, and uh, I remember reading your columns in the Enterprise. So how did you get interested, uh, first off, in a career as a sports journalist? Yeah, so thanks for having me, of course. Um, I think sports journalism was always something that I kind of had in the back of my mind, and I wasn't exactly sure what I wanted to do. After high school, I went to Sacramento City College, and while I was there, I kind of changed my focus around a bit, changed my major a couple times, and I ended up um, really liking doing communications. And while that was happening, I was kind of getting more into the broadcasting side of things, I started a basketball tournament with my friends from high school and we streamed our games and I was uh, calling those games and a friend of mine um, named Owen Yanker uh, told mm-hmm. me that I might want to get involved with the UC Davis uh, radio station. So from there, I started working there and then I really enjoyed writing while I was at Sac City and I figured why wouldn't I just uh, try my hand at sports reporting. So I reached out to the enterprise where Owen actually coincidentally also worked and I got involved over there and I started off as more like an unpaid intern. And then I got upgraded to um, sports reporter and just kept on building up from there. Yeah. And you were also um, a sports broadcaster at KDVS uh, for UC Davis 90.3 FM. Um, and our listeners may be interested in checking out episode 64 of Time Out Radio, which is about college radio stations and KDVS. Um, so what do you find different about audio journalism compared to print journalism with the enterprise? Yeah, it's a lot different. It's more, um, I was doing a, a sports talk show called Aggie Talk there, and it's a lot more like stream of consciousness kind of stuff. Like when you're writing an article or like a column, um, you write something you don't like it, you you check back on it, you change your wording a little bit, you see what works. But when um, I feel like when you're doing audio, specifically like live radio, it's more of like your first thought. And so you got to be very thoughtful and try to try to operate well with with the people you're working with and get some good ideas firing. But it's just a different level of prep as well. I think you have to come into it with a lot more preparedness because you can't just like stop writing and then look something up, you're in the middle of it. So if you want to call on a stat, you want to call on a quote, you have to have that present of mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you graduated with a bachelor's degree in journalism from uh, Long Beach State uh, University last year. And while at CSU Long Beach, you were a broadcast intern at 22 West Media, uh, which is an on-campus student-run media group. So what are some things that you learned in college about journalism or broadcasting that surprised you? Um, yeah, it's just, 
it's it's a great feel. I got a lot of great experience, and I met some great people along the way. Um, I also ran into some of the challenges. Um, it's sometimes hard to get a credential. It's sometimes humbling if you are looking for an opportunity um, and you can't you can't get it. You can't quite get over the line. They're not interested in the service you have to offer. So I think it was just sort of getting my feet wet in the field and you learn a lot of cool skills like learning how to do um, like radio soundboard engineering and, and changing your audio levels for podcasting and that sort of stuff. So you can self-produce a lot more after coming out of a program like that. And it also gives you a lot of good hands-on experience. So I think I really improved my broadcasting ability just from calling a lot of games. I was doing a lot of soccer and basketball and volleyball there. So just repetition, I think really helped me out a lot. Yeah, and you grew up yourself in Davis and went to Davis High. Are there any resources in town that uh, have helped you on your journey through journalism and broadcasting? Yeah, I think um, I think Davis High has a really cool journalism program, a really cool journalism outlet. Um, I worked at the Hub a little bit when I was in high school, and a lot of Hub alumni have gone on to do great things in journalism. So that's a great resource to start out and kind of get your platform. And then as far as just people, I mentioned um, Owen Yanker before, always a great resource, um, has helped me out whenever I would have a question. He would always be there to either help me figure it out for myself or just lead me in that direction. And then um, Bruce Gallaudet as well was the former editor, actually is back to being the editor of the sports section of the Davis Enterprise, a mentor for me as well. And I think just overall, there are a lot of uh, great people in Davis that are looking to support others. And it's a very tight knit community, as you know. So mm-hmm. there are always are great resources around Davis. Yeah. Yeah. And who are some people that you looked up to or who inspired you as a sports journalist? Yeah, I think those names like um, Owen Yankee, Bruce Gallaudet, they're obviously um, incredible people. But as far as like stylistically or sort of the career path they followed, there's just so many great journalists out there, so many great broadcasters out there. Mike Monaco, I like him a lot. He's a real young guy relative to the sports journalism field working at ESPN, among other uh, publications, and he's doing really well for himself. So I think just um, I really admire, not anyone specifically, but well, of course, I admire people specifically, but I think overarching just young journalists that are, you know, hungry and are very talented. I really, I really appreciate watching them work and I try to see myself in them and see if I can't do the same thing. Yeah. And how, have you faced any sort of setbacks as a sports journalist? And if so, how are you able to overcome them? Yeah, I think there's a lot of, there can be a lot of setbacks in sports journalism. Um, like I mentioned before, like you are not always going to get the job you wanted. And I think it's a lot of just searching for opportunities and facing a lot of rejection because there are only so many jobs in the business. Um, and sometimes you think you're a shoo-in for something and you think your reel is really great or you think your um, your tape is really great and they either disagree or they want to go with someone else. So I think it's just about not getting down on yourself because of course you do face a fair amount of rejection. Of course, I've had opportunities that I would have liked to pursue that I wasn't able to pursue or I've gotten rejected from in that sense. So just about bouncing back from that, not getting discouraged because there is inevitably going to be roadblocks and there's inevitably going to be rejection. So just rolling with the punches and finding out what you can do better to improve for next time. Yeah. And looking back now, what do you wish you had known when starting out in the field? I think I just didn't realize how much like preparation it took. 
because like I mentioned, my sort of start was doing the streaming with our little local basketball tournament at the beginning of it all. And I just roll up there and I just start start talking on the mic. And that's what I did when I first got into it um, at KDVS and even a little bit at Long Beach. My my preparation was a little bit minimal. And then as I got more into it, as I got hired at UCD, I really had to buckle down and you look into a lot more deeper stuff and you get whole spotting boards full of information that you need to to have present of mind. And I think at a professional level, the preparation that goes into it is quite substantial. So I think that's something that I would have liked to know, have known going back on it just so I could be a little bit more prepared myself and in, in moving in that direction. Mm-hmm. And for, uh, you know, up and coming sports journalists or someone who wants to become one, what advice would you give to them uh, as they, you know, wish to enter this field of sports journalism? I would just say pursue every opportunity because that's what's going to open doors for you. I think your tape can be as great as as anyone. You can have a great voice. You can have great calls. But overall, more than anything, it's a lot about networking and connections. And by taking more opportunities, you end up meeting more people, shaking more hands, and then your name will get brought up in more things. So, like, for example, one of the reasons I was able to get the job doing ESPN Plus at UC Davis for the men's soccer team was because before the Big 12 and ESPN Plus um, partnership, they just streamed their games on their website. And when I was calling sports at KDVS, no one was doing the soccer game. So I just went up and I said, hey, can I call the games? And they said, sure. And I literally plugged the mic directly into the camera. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of years later, when they're doing it more professionally, I already had that connection with the program and that was able to help me along. So there's opportunities out there, even if they're smaller opportunities, go get them. And if you can't find any, there's ways that you can create some for yourself, like a podcast or a show, or even just going to games and recording into your phone, just building something up, meeting people along the way. And that's going to help you along the way. Mm-hmm. And you're now, you know, as you mentioned, the play-by-play broadcaster for UC Davis men's soccer. And some soccer commentators are, you know, famous for their elongated goal calls. Others like Ray Hudson used crazy uh, analogies like uh, you can drop a tarantula into his shorts and he'd still be cool. Or, you know, he's attached to the ball like a teenager to a cell phone. Uh, What would you say you... Uh, your signature play-by-play style is uh, to try to kind of go off of someone uh, else's uh, in the in- a, more of the industry, or do you have your own kind of unique brand? I try to combine all my favorite things from my favorite broadcasters and package them up into a way that I can kind of give a little bit of everything. Um, like you mentioned, Ray Hudson is one of my favorites. He's got some hilarious lines. And I've got a whole list in my phone and my notes app of, of lines from other commentators and some that I've come up with myself of just little funny quips you can put in there. And then funnily enough, I think like with our generation, there's a lot of influence from like YouTube and stuff. So I grew up watching a lot of like 2K and FIFA YouTube. <laughs> so honestly, a lot of my broadcasting is a little bit based on that, like that sort of style. Chris Smoove is one. I, I love <laughs> Chris move that especially influences my basketball broadcasting, but mm-hmm. just trying to bring a little bit of everything, what I like about certain broadcasters and trying to eliminate what I don't like to make it as entertaining and as informative as possible. All right. Well, thank you so much, Will, for joining me on timeout radio today. Of course. Thanks for having me. All right. That's Will Myman, who's the play-by-play broadcaster for UC Davis soccer. Follow back through the years, the time.
And that was Fire Pit by Phantoms and Big Wild. In today's travel segment, we visit the country of Portugal. Home to more than 10 million people, its capital is Lisbon and its currency is the euro. Portugal is the oldest country in the world and it's 400 years older than Rome. It has a great location for trading, which led to its establishment as a country, and in 1139, Portugal appointed King Alfonso Enriquez as its king. Portugal has the world's shortest 
and longest reigning heads of state. Enriquez was king for more than 73 years, and Luis Felipe was king for only 20 minutes. Travel lovers may be interested to learn that Portuguese explorer Ferdinand Magellan led the first expedition to complete a full journey around the Earth. If you love books, check out the world's oldest bookstore in Lisbon. The Bertrand Bookstore was established in 1732 and has an exterior facade covered with mosaic tiles. In fact, Portugal is known as the country of tiles and glazed blue ceramic tiles called azulejo decorate many buildings and landmarks. These tiles were originally created not for their looks, but to protect the walls of houses from low temperatures. Renewable energy is big in Portugal, and in 2018 the country generated all of its energy through wind, sun, and water. Portugal has a long soccer history, and the sport first arrived there in the mid to late 1800s, brought by Portuguese students who went to study in England. Now it's Portugal's most popular sport, and the country has produced skilled soccer players like Eusebio, Luis Figo, and Cristiano Ronaldo. The first official football game in Portugal was played in 1875 on the island of Madeira, where Ronaldo was born. It then moved to mainland Portugal. The Portuguese national team was formed in 1921 and qualified for a FIFA World Cup in 1966, finishing in third place. Fifty years later, the team won the European Championship in 2016. When you need a break from playing or watching soccer, you can go surfing on Portugal's 500-mile Atlantic coastline. And if you're hungry after all this activity, try some churrasco chicken with piri-piri chili sauce. Then, to help your taste buds recover, have some pastéis de nata or Portuguese custard tart. This crispy and creamy sweet treat was created in the Lisbon bakery Pastéis de Belém, and the family has kept the original recipe a secret since the 19th century. So that wraps up our journey to our place of the week, the country of Portugal. Alright, let's call a timeout for timeout radio. This was your host, Rohan Bakshi. You're listening to Cater 95.7 FM, where the grassroots grow. Have a great day, everyone.